You're listening to Fish Food, where we present bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 25 minutes or less. Keep listening for interviews, guidance, and resources for freelancers and small businesses. And if you enjoy, rate and subscribe to let others know about the gem you found. Now, let's get started. Hello, welcome to Fish Food, a podcast from Little Fish Accounting. I am your host, Keila Hill Trawick, and I am here today with my mom. Say hello. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So the reason I wanted to talk to you today is because, as you know, I've been trying to do more interviews with people who work full time but have an entrepreneurial spirit to do something on the side. And you have, I hate call it a side hustle, I call it a passion project, but you have something else that you do on the side. And so I wanted to get into that today. So why don't we start with you giving me a brief description of what you do for your day job and then tell the people what your passion project is. Okay, so my day job is I am a program analyst for the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC in Atlanta. I work within the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, and I work in the World Trade Center Health Program. What does that mean? So that program is designed to, in just in summary, to provide medical care to individuals that were affected by the destruction during 9-11 in New York City. Okay. And then... Outside of work, what is your passion project? So my passion project outside of work is genealogy research. And do you have a part of genealogy research that you're especially interested in? African-American research. Okay. So we're going to go back a little bit. When you first started working, like when you entered the working world, what were you doing and what did you think that you were going to like be when you grew up? Oh, my goodness. So I started working, my very first job was at the age of 16, and I worked for a bank. I was living at the time in St. Paul, Minnesota, and the name of the bank was American National Bank. It was located downtown. No, no. They've long gone. You know, we only have like two or three banks now existing. Oh, yeah, that's But I was working, I was a teller, and... So we have Skywalks in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and I don't know if people are familiar with that, but it's it's literally a walk between the buildings because it's so cold there. So to get from one building to another building, they have what they call and they're they're based Skywalks, and they're basically enclosed by glass. Okay. And within those Skywalks, they had AT, well, what we call now ATMs, and so people. But back then, that's when you had this big old massive tube, and you do your transaction, you you'd face a TV screen. What were screen. those tubes called? That they, they suck them up, right, right? Yeah. Right. And actually, I guess they have them now some drive through banks, but these were where you, so now you go to ATM and basically you put your card in ATM and you withdraw cash, you transfer, whatever. But back then you had to do in the tube, you had to put your money and your deposit slip and whatever you want to do. And you would, your face would come up on the screen and I'd be <laughs> down in the basement of the bank with, with other tellers down there and we could see each other. Through, it was like a TV screen, basically. <laughs> and I was a bank teller. I was a bank teller. And Is that what you wanted job. to do? Is that like, were you interested in that field? No, I wasn't. Just something to, it was It was in the evening after school. And just just a job for a teenager at the time. That I, I Growing up, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I knew it was something, well, 
I wanted to, at first, something international, like foreign languages or international business or something like that. But ultimately, ultimately, I just ended up enlisting in the Army <laughs> because it was the fastest way to get from Minnesota, get out of the house for free, basically. And so that's what I did. And in the Army, I first was working in military intelligence, and that was my first three years. And then my second three years, I was administration. So you go through the army and then you're like, all right, I'm going to get out. And what did you think you were going to do then? So then I kind of had an interest in like finance. So my first job getting out was what they called a voucher examiner for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in Japan. And as a voucher examiner, basically what I did is paid the invoices for contracts and back then, is you know, unlike now where we have all these automated systems and things, it was a manual process and you literally typed up checks and manually deducted them out of accounting ledgers and things oh, like wow. that. And that was my first job in civil service after I got out the Army. All right. So then you stayed in the government for a while. And then somewhere along the line, you decided that you... Or I guess, did you decide that you were interested in genealogy? Were you always interested and you just didn't do anything with that? How'd you get there? Yeah, so I didn't have an interest in genealogy until like five or six years ago. And I just had, so in growing up on my father's side of the family, we heard stories about the history of who his grandparents were and his, his growing up in Mississippi and he had lots of cousins and we go down to Chicago and visit his cousins and we go to Mississippi and visit. So in other words, I knew about his side of the family. I had a lot of information and we, and also we met cousins and we knew cousins and aunts and uncles and all that. Whereas on my mother's side, we knew about her brothers and sisters, but we didn't know the background of her mother and father. And I don't know what it was. Even today, I don't know what it was. It just perked my interest. And I just kind of just had an interest in my mother's side of the family because they were just a mystery. So I just started just kind of on my own doing some digging around in um, on Ancestry.com and looking into her mother's line. And her father's line, actually. But it actually was her mother's line that was the real mystery because we didn't know anything about her mother. We didn't know anything about any siblings. We didn't know about her parents, nothing. And so I started looking, and I found her mother and her father and her grand. So basically, I was able to go back to maybe five or six generations. Wow. I found out more information on that side of the family that I never knew on my father's side. I was just able to go back really far and I just got addicted. And I just, and I would tell people my story and they wanted me to see what I could find in their family. And I started doing it for other people. And then I just kind of started learning more about the proper way to do research and about different records. And also it just kind of exposed me to African-American history, things that I had never learned before. So basically I knew about the civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, Booker T. Washington. The stuff that they teach us in school. Right. But I didn't know anything about the U.S. colored troops. I didn't know anything about the Freedmen Bureau. I didn't know about free people of color. I just got exposed to all these different avenues of African-American research. And then I was in, in using that with the family history research where we could actually identify 
actually at family members that were slaves, family members that were free, family members that served in the military, in the Civil War, those that went accompany their masters to the so just all this kind of information just even just drew me in even more so. And then in in doing research for other people, it exposed me to other areas that wasn't within my family. So it just exposed me to different records and different historical aspects of, you know, of family Mm. history. So, so I just got hooked. What made you want to do it? I mean, because we always talk about like people really enjoying things and kind of doing them for a hobby. What made you want to move that hobby into a business that you could kind of run? Well, I just think that especially in African-American family history, it just seems like people kind of want to know, but they just don't have the time to find out information about their family roots. And so I felt like this could be a niche that I could kind of get into to do the work. So Mm. it's like the people, they want to know, but they don't, they either don't know how to do the research or they just don't have time because it's very time consuming to do. So, so you could take that on. Right. So I could take that on. And I just kind of felt like I just, um, I just have a passion for people knowing their family history because I just feel like we're getting to a point where we're going to have a generation of people that don't know anything past their parents. And it'd just be a shame, especially with the findings I found. And I don't know, I just feel like the ancestors are just like, tell our story, you know, tell the people what we lived through and the struggles and the sacrifices we went through so that you all, our great, great grandchildren, our great grandchildren could have the opportunities that you have today, because back in the day, we couldn't speak for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now you can speak for us and you can tell the world what we went through, what we accomplished. A lot of people think of just African-American history as slavery, but we had successes out of that as well as sad stories out of that. We had people that, that despite all odds of segregation, discrimination that ended up being not only farmers, successful farmers, but teachers and dentists and doctors Mm. and professors and all of that. So also just to put that awareness out, because again, I think that a lot of people just think in our history, it's just all about slavery. And a lot of it is, but there's other stories because we have time between the end of the Civil War when the slaves were free up until the civil rights in the 1950s We were and still 60s. living and doing right. stuff. Right, and you don't hear about that part. You don't hear about um, what the people, what African-Americans were going through to, during that time. So That's it's just also interesting to me. So did you, I mean, I don't remember growing up you ever having like an entrepreneurial spirit of like one, wanting to run your own um, business or your own anything. Like, did you have that when you were younger or did it no. just come with this genealogy? No, thing? it just came with this genealogy thing. And actually it just came from, I mean, I wasn't even looking to even do it for other people. It's just that as I would tell the story, just like I'm telling now, people are like, oh, I want to know about my great grandfather. I never knew my grandmother, parents or her grandparents. And and I want to know. And again, you know, they had the interest, but very few people have the interest in really doing the work. Yeah. They have the interest in knowing the story, but they, so I just feel like, well, I'll do the work. Yeah. But 
And then with that is um, because it's so time consuming and a lot, how I kind of really kind of started with it was doing books, family history books for people's family reunions. And then that kind of evolved into doing just straight research for people. So then that's when the whole about, and I guess I never even thought about it as an entrepreneur. I just kind of thought about just, um, just a little side gig, actually, because I'm still working full time. So, so then that leads to my next question, because like I said, I feel like a lot of people, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, there's this push of like, well, if you like it so much and you want to do it, then why don't you do that full time? And obviously part of it is financial. Like a lot of people will say, you know, as much money as I make in my job, um, I'm not going to leave it to do this. But what are your reasons outside of financial that make you want to work full time and do this on the side as opposed to pursuing this just all the time? Well, it, I mean, it is kind of financial reasoning because I, I do have a love for genealogy research, but but realistically, I would not be able, and I know I would not be able to to live off of doing mm. genealogy work. And so the other thing is too, is I put a point in my career where I've invested so much time that it's kind of crazy to just quit right now and try to pursue a oh, hobby, yeah. you know? So I have, you know, 40 something years of government service, so I'm not going to give that up to go do genealogy full time. So it is sort of kind of for financial reasons. And I'm too young to retire. Well, to financially. Yeah. To, to retire and live comfortably financially. So, but within a couple of years, my goal is that in retirement, that genealogy will be more of a, of a business. And even with that, I'm not looking where it's going to be a big, massive um, <laughs> whole, situation. whole situation because genealogy research, it, 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 it's not like you can make a whole ton of money out of it. It's just really for the love of it. And there's a couple other areas I'd like to get into um, in the genealogy research field, but I never think that it will be to the point where I'm just going to make a mass amount of money. It's more for the love. It's just for the love of the hobby, really. That's a good segue to my last question. Um, so people always ask, like, what's next? But I guess the bigger question is, like, what do you want to do with the genealogy research? What are the things that you want to learn or that you want to pursue as part of what you're already doing in this field? So I'd like to do more project type work. The So, for example, the U.S. Colored Troops. So these were the African-American soldiers that fought during the Civil War. It was a segregated military and Lincoln um, establish this unit specifically for African Americans, and they and these men did their part in fighting for the Civil War. And really, I was born and raised in the Midwest, and I really didn't appreciate the history of African Americans in the Midwest. I was looking to leave there. I didn't have any interest in what was the history of, for example, where I grew up at. And anyway, to make a long story short, I came upon a group of Iowa soldiers from Iowa that was part of the U.S. Colored Troops, and I just thought that was amazing. And so the Iowa Historical Society, um, they have grants that you can apply for for writing. So anyway, I'm looking. So this is an example. That's a project I'd like to work on is to 
pull the pension records of these men that serve in this Iowa unit. And just to kind of get in the pensions, provide a bio, a biography pretty much of, of these, of these men. And I'm just interested of what reasons did they have for, for coming to Iowa? A lot of, I know a lot of them were escaped slaves from the border States Mm. that were slave states. So for example, Missouri, was a slave state is also what's called a border state. And when you crossed out of Missouri, you were in a in free states such as Illinois, Iowa, and things like that. And so I, I know just in starting to look and do the research that there were some men that were runaway slaves. And then you had some men whose parents had migrated up to Iowa. They may have been escaped too. And they were born free once they were born in Iowa. So anyway, just how did they end up in Iowa what were their reasonings for even to want to fight in the Civil War? What was their mm. life like after slavery as free men and all this kind of information? So that's the type of work. In addition to, the, of course, continuing researching my family, there's still branches I need to still pursue and then doing research for other people. But I'd really like to get more involved in special type of projects and case studies. I like working on those type of things because I like researching and analyzing and trying to answer the questions of why, when, where, how come, how much, and things like that. So, so I'd like to add on projects and, and case studies to researching for people. Well, that's cool. And that's, that's it. Thank you for being here. You see Thank how you. easy that was? Yes. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, there's good news. We've got additional free resources for you to get clear on your small business finances. Subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter by heading to littlefishaccounting.com slash subscribe and check us out on Instagram at littlefishaccounting.